Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill. I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. You can find me and Nick on most platforms at HyperClean Store. If you're on Facebook, go to the HyperClean Specialist Group. It's the best way to interact or shoot us a text direct, 918-800-1188. Nick, I am diving into Sierra Nevada, big little thing, right? So definitely have had the little thing IPA. It's a wonderful one that I love. And this is the, the big boy, right? This is the big boy edition. As we get into buying and selling, and I am selling... All those Nikolaiks driving minivans. If any of you have had the experience, and it is quite a wonderful experience, to get on the phone with Nick as he's driving around Las Vegas, well, let me just say, you'll get to experience a lot of fun times, and you'll hang up the phone and go, wow, all right. Okay. Oh, yeah. So this past weekend, I'm sitting at a stoplight. Turns green. Cool. We're headed to a soccer game. Everybody's chill. About half a second into that light turning green. All right, I already got my clutch put in. Moving up into first gear. Ready to let off the clutch, put a little gas, and I get a Nick. <laughs> like They had to go to work, Marty. You're just over there goofing off at the light. Fucking Saturday afternoon. It's 3 o'clock busting my ass and it wasn't even a full second i didn't even have a chance to put it in gear yet already busting my ass to get off the stoplight no problem first gear let's roll the next stoplights it's one of those where you take a left and it's yeah. literally just right around the corner and you're sitting again cool this idiot doesn't go to the side of me he goes ahead and gets behind me why not sure so what am i gonna do well, as soon as i see that other light turn yellow I reach over and I got my lovely lady there and we decide to take a moment together and enjoy our car ride experience. She doesn't know what the fuck I'm doing. She just thinks I'm kissing her, but I know exactly what I'm doing. It turns green. I nice and Mosley put my clutch in on you know, about five and a half to maybe even seven seconds. I eventually <laughs> get through that, that stoplight, right? We pull up, we're headed into soccer. Like I said, get in. Cool. I see this guy. Following in, okay, I guess he's just a soccer dad or something. I, you know, I don't think much of it. Everybody's excited about the game. Game kicks off. You know, you got to pass it over to this kid. And he passes it over here. As soon as the ball kicks off, there's this one crazy little kid standing over the side that just starts waving his hand and yelling, pass, pass, pass. right? You've seen him. He, he, he happens oh, yeah. to be in almost all the wrecked teams, right? There's always yeah. that one kid. Always the guy. And it gets passed over to this next guy. And what does this little kid do? Just start screaming, pass, pass. Well, eventually makes it down the way, a little bit down the field, and the ball somehow randomly goes over to him. It's his moment, right? He's been so pumped for the past 38 seconds, screaming, pass, and the ball is now coming to him. And what does he do? A big swing and a whiff. <laughs> And he, right, I mean, that's what it should, right? You, you kind of yeah. inside, you kind of yeah. chuckle with the kid. You're like, <laughs> seems about right. 
Seems about right. But what do I hear just down the way a little bit? Ooh. And I go, <laughs> you motherfucker. No doubt that that kid's dad was the same motherfucker sitting at the stoplight honking the horn at me trying to get me to leave one second later and now his kids out there being a <laughs> fucking idiot too so i'm selling all you nikolikes who have oh. such road rage and you're teaching your kids bad behavior because you can't hey, sit 1.2 seconds at a anybody that's ever driven in vegas it's it's anarchy out here so i'll, I'll say I, i've driven in tulsa more than a few times no anarchy like las vegas so i think my road rage is uh 110% warranted, but that's hilarious. So my buy and sell is a little bit more on topic because, you know, Marty's just talking about family and what he's doing on the weekends. I'm going to actually talk my family being at car dealerships this weekend. So I'm in the, I'm on the hunt. Everybody that listens to our episodes knows that I'm on the hunt for a car and I'm looking for, I, to be honest with you, I got a few cars in mind, but I'm kind of open-minded, so we're we're moseying around. There's a Porsche Panamera for sale, and they've been dropping the price on it. And I'm like, I've been keeping my eye on it, keep getting email updates, and I'm like, something doesn't add up. This car is too desirable. What's happening? Now, I know before we head to that dealership, we were going to go get a bite to eat, so I said, hey, let's stop by the dealership. A lot of people take the dealership experience negatively. To me, it's a humorous place. You realize how little they know about cars, how little they know about the cars they're selling, what's even on the lot. You know, they're looking for the next smoke break. They want to, you know, hit on the chicks that work there. I mean, don't we all kind of know what the dealership is, but a lot of guys just don't have fun with it. And I'm the opposite. I, I'm buying the dealership experience because it's hilarious. So anyway, we go look at this Panamera. I'm but 10 feet away from this thing and I go, oh my God. You're not dropping the price because nobody wants this car. They've done no reconditioning. Fun fact, this is the number one Mercedes dealer on the West Coast, if not in the United States, just so everybody knows. This isn't a bum used car dealership. I know the owners. I know the people involved in the ownership group. I'm like, Marty, not one car, Mercedes, Audi, Porsche, didn't matter what they had. Curb rash rims on all the cars, didn't fix them. No paint fixing. Details had hardly been, or uh, interiors hardly been detailed. I couldn't believe my eyes. So salesman walks out, you know, he's strutting out, whatever. I go, hey man, we're just looking at this Panamera. Do you happen to have the keys? He goes, oh, I saw you looking at it. Here are the keys. Marty, at this point, the hood's gonna be need to be repainted because they got some kind of like glue damage that hasn't been addressed. Like it's like a little like penny size, but even my finger, I. I mean, it's it's through everything. It's metal now. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. I can get something painted. So then I open the door. Hasn't been vacuumed. Hasn't been detailed on the inside. They've had this car now for close to 60 days, which is why it's, on, it's not on my radar within the first week. I know that this dealership group has a rule. Once it hits 60 days, it's going to auction. So its lowest price is going to be that last week before auction. That's why I'm there. So I look at him and I go, hey, man, you know, there's curved rims. I've looked around the dealership. I can't believe what I'm looking at. So you know what he says to me? He goes, we've had a lot of interest in this vehicle. First thing's out of his mouth. I said, is that why you dropped the price so dramatically? He just like looks at me. He goes, oh, a lot of interest. Like he didn't hear me. I go, bud, 
come on, man. I said, what's going on with this car? I said, you guys haven't reconditioned it. You guys haven't done anything. You guys have done nothing to this car. You got you to need to repaint the hood. You know what he says to me? Oh, no, it doesn't need repainted. I said, okay. I said, can you give me your expert opinion on what you would do with this to fix this hood? I said, because I, you know, I don't want to appear to be the expert here. Why don't you walk me through how to fix this? Oh, yeah, you just buff it out. <laughs> All timeline. I said, okay. I said, awesome. You just buff that kind of thing out. I said, I wouldn't know. I said, but I got a question for you. Why don't you guys buff it out if that's all it needs a little buff? Eh, you know, I mean, this is just something cosmetic most people don't. I said, okay. Walk to the side of the car. I said, what about these curved rims? Ah, you know, what's it doesn't hamper its performance. I couldn't believe my ears. Then they got failing trim on the passenger side. And they go, so we haven't addressed this trim either? Ah, no, that's it's not failing. That's how it looks after it's aging just a little bit. No big deal. I said, okay. I said, here's the deal, man. I said, this is going to go to auction pretty soon, right? He looks at me and he goes, well, how do you know that? Did you used to work for us? I said, no. I said, I know how your company works. Look, you got another week with this car. You guys cut five, six grand off this price. I'll buy the car right now. Because I can just get the pieces from Porsche, maybe even find a hood from Porsche or get it repainted. I know I can fix these things. I can have the rims done the way I want them done. This shit doesn't bother me. He goes, oh, no, that's our rock bottom, bottom price. I said, okay. I said, did you say that last week before you lowered the price? Now, at this point, I'm having a good time. And this is what I want to tell people. Instead of being a know-it-all, I'm just laughing. And Jess is laughing while she's listening to this. Because I never let on that I knew about how to fix the hood. Just buff it out, Marty. It's down to the metal, but you can buff metal. I mean, I mean, what, what do I know? What do you know? So we're getting ready to leave. I said, hey, man, you know, if you guys want to work up a deal, shoot it to us we're going to go grab something to eat so if you can work a deal in the next couple hours we'll come back we'll buy it we'll take it right off the lot right off your hands calls me back he goes you know what went to my manager and i love these calls went to my manager you know what we can cut a couple hundred bucks off that let you get those rims fixed <laughs> i just started laughing i said hey man can't thank you enough for all your hard work but i think we're gonna pass I'm buying that whole experience. There is nothing better than when you know something to be 100% false to watch a guy or a gal just shoot their shot. He wants to sell a car. He doesn't care how improper he does it. He doesn't care that he doesn't know what he's talking about. Smile on his face the whole time. Had the tie on. I mean, he looked like he was in charge, Marty. And I got to tell you, I, I pretty much laughed about it all weekend. That stuff doesn't get me down. I know what the car world is, but I'm buying that salesman that's just letting it hang, dude. At least you got a call back. Remember, I'm still waiting on my callbacks to see what other vehicles are around. Apparently, Tulsa, exactly. we don't have any more vehicles to sell. So, Yeah, exactly. I, it's crazy time right now, huh? Buddy, we're... I'm being told... Uh, so I got a car out of Texas that I'm very interested in making an offer on. Um, and like I said, this is just what I've done my whole car life. I've just done this exact same thing, right? And when I wanted a car, I'm searching, searching. So it's in Texas. You know what they told me to ship it to Las Vegas was going to be? $1,600. That used to be a 
six to seven hundred dollar trip, probably. We're we're at sixteen hundred bucks, and by the way, you'll get it when you get it. Like we're not even going to give you when the pickup is, when anything like that is. So it's just wild everywhere. I mean, but here's the funny thing. Here's what everybody's not prepared for. It's changing. A lot of cars on the lots out here. Not what we're used to seeing. Be be very clear. We're about double, triple the inventory that I've been seeing. Now, you have some other dealerships, but I'm talking about the BMW, the Audi, the Mercedes. They may not be cars you want, but their inventory is coming in. You get down to Chevy, GMC, those types of companies, they're still struggling. Those European countries, though, companies, excuse me, for whatever reason, when we went around, we went to an Audi dealership. And it also seems like dealership groups, the different pockets of dealership groups, certain ones had a lot more cars than the other. So where are they at on the hierarchy probably matters a little bit as well. Is that new or used? Both. They, they had a lot of both. I mean, there was a lot more new cars than I thought. I'll give you an example. When we went to Audi, I'm telling you, I think I could have worked a 0% financing deal at Audi. When's the last time you thought you could have done that? They were sitting on some cars. I mean, and I, I was there for it. I'm like, hey, you're sitting on some cars. Let's have a conversation. That might be the route we go, which wasn't even on my radar until we drove by it. You, you know that there's always those people, I'm, I'm included, that go, gosh, I just, if I would have. Like we we knew. I think you and I even said it. I I just didn't want to buy a car. Like I just yeah, exactly. didn't want to do it. But you talk about zero percent. You remember was that summer of twenty twenty, spring of twenty twenty? It was zero percent financing. You didn't make a payment for six months either. Yeah, it's come. Like, by the way, and, and and you're seeing three months come back. There's a, there's a dealership group. I'm telling you that is back to three months without a payment. It, this is going to turn a corner very quickly. I, I shared the truck story. Okay. Don't think we're just, because remember when interest rates go up, they're, they're not only going up on your mortgage, they're going up really faster on short-term debt. Okay. So short-term debt is like car loans, those types of things. Interest rates are going to hit the car market. All of a sudden supply is going to be irrelevant because most people don't want to pay a higher interest rate on a used car. So the only thing a manufacturer can do to get your business now is to basically do their in-house financing at this really low rate that they basically artificially set on a new car so they can move them. We're going to come not only to an equilibrium, but some of these dealership groups are sitting on too many cars. And I witnessed it. I, I witnessed it this weekend, which is fun. I, this is what I live for. Like people that detail and they're like, oh, I love detailing. I'm here to tell you, dude, I love the car part. The detailing is like secondary for me. I, I shared this on the podcast uh, a couple of Fridays ago. Like, dude, this has been, this is what I enjoy the most. And remember, I used to buy six or seven cars a year to flip. So not being able to scratch that itch, I, I looked right at Jess at dinner and I go, FYI, I'm buying a car. Like, I know what you're thinking. Like, hey, I'm going to keep waiting. Like, I'm pulling the trigger. I am really itchy. I've, I've played, you know. The good soldier long enough, I want to have a car to have some fun with. And so we'll see what we end up with. Yeah. Well, looking forward to seeing uh, the way you've been slapping Uno all over everything. We're looking forward to seeing you <laughs> slap Uno on it. Hey, uh, big Uno week. Big Uno week. Yeah. Those cars look great. Yeah. You ain't lying. I love that product. Hmm. All right. So Underutilized. This, is 
we we've said this and it's it's amazing though right like i'm very thankful to the community uh everybody that sends us stuff right like hey guys check this out hey did you guys hear this right it comes across mine and i go and listen to an episode uh it's a podcast episode and and i just kind of get a chuckle because a couple of years ago about 17 18 i was called a hack I don't know if you've ever been called a hack, but I was called a hack. It's sure, an interesting, I'm sure people call us. Yeah, it's it's an interesting word that's been thrown around for well, literally decades. But I don't really know what it is. But what made me think of it was because this guy was now promoting. He'd been in a multi-layer brand, but now he's promoting that you do a six ninety nine single layer application. It's like, wait, I was called a hack for being a single layer installer in seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. It didn't make sense. Oh yeah, yeah, we're we're pretty loose with that word, huh? I mean, that's one thing I do notice is like you go on Instagram, you go on Facebook, you go on TikTok. I mean, that word is it isn't a word, Marty. And correct me if I'm wrong, not to go on a tangent. We didn't really think about things that way at the beginning of our career because the Internet wasn't really around. Yeah, so we so didn't I was gonna, know. That was one of the questions yeah. I was going to ask you. Do you remember back in, quote unquote, in the day, was there ever a term, the hack? No, I, I don't think we thought of stuff like that, right? Like just because it wasn't so readily available, who was doing the work, where was that car at? You know, it, I don't think we spoke that way because we didn't have the connectivity through the internet, right? It was just, you would just see something and go, oh, that must have went, that must have been a dealership that did that. or And you just kind of like moved on with your life. Now there's these long tails on these discussions because remember, there's a comment section. So people can literally just keep commenting for days and hours and months on the same post, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, doesn't matter. And YouTube. What do you, what do you think the word means? What does it mean to be a hack? Like I, I'm guessing it means that you, you are doing something that uh, basically in a sense, we, we might say that if you're a plumber and you go and like wrap some tape around it and call it a day and you didn't actually fit the pipes back together and you just kind of wrap it back together. Yeah. I'm guessing that's a hack, I, right? What is it into I, detailing? What's in detailing? What's a hack? I would love to know what the people that use the word the most say a hack is. It's just to the eye of the beholder, right? Like that's that's what it seems like is that I, I see people being called hacks that I know for a fact don't do hacky work, right? They're just posting something on Instagram that appears to some guy not to be the right way to do something. Uh, but what is the right way for some internet commenter that doesn't have a face on his profile? Uh, so I don't really know. I mean, to me, hacky behavior really starts with starts and ends with one thing. If your customer paid for something and they don't get it, that's hacky behavior. You doing something that I don't agree with, but your customer does which I think that's where guys just go afoul with the word hack. I, to be honest with you, we don't use the word. We're sort of watching it evolve in these online communities. And that's why you and I are talking about it. I mean, we don't really speak that way, to be completely honest. Right. Did you ever, were you ever a carpet dye person? The funny thing is, if anybody's actually done elite level shows, a lot of cars that end up winning use a lot of carpet dye to make the cars look more vibrant. This is a thing, and it's always really – I always say there's a way to know if people have been in the elite car world. And a lot of it, people wouldn't guess, but carpet dye, uh, let's say you know different type of like leather dyes that, that exist, 
some things that go on in that elite world to like win a ribbon, so to speak, are pretty interesting. So yes, I've, I've meddled in the carpet dye world, uh, because you didn't have a choice. You had to, you were looking for consistency. I also have used carpet dye, but mine wasn't in so much the elite level. It was more in the car wash world when we couldn't always get out the stings. Yeah. So we kept regular, regular carpet dye because one of the guys that was working with us said, Hey, we can dye that. I went, you can do That's that. about how the conversation goes too. That's exactly how it goes. We can dye that. Like that's pretty much the the beginning, the middle, and the end of that conversation. Now, was it a hack to use carpet dye because you couldn't get a stain out? When the customer loved the carpets and they walk out and they go, God damn, those look amazing. I had a bunch of stains in there. Yeah, I think that would be under the hacky behavior in, in the modern internet world. Because again, you know, they would say, well, you can get it out. Well, you can't get every stain out. And, and there is legitimate things that go on on car dealerships where they redye carpets. That's a big place that redyes carpets. Not the place I went because they don't even worry about reconditioning. But yeah, I mean, there are things that we did and we were taught that we've had to unlearn or it's not part of our, you know, toolbox anymore, so to speak. But it's an evolution, right? I mean, from carpet dye, we got better car carpet systems to clean the carpets. Right. Think about how that's evolved. I mean, you used to just spray APC and like over wet the carpet and that's all you yeah. had. Yeah. Now you got these enzyme cleaners and you got these spot treatments and you got all these different things that can help you get to a level. So when people hear about the old things we used to do, and a lot of people still use carpet dye, by the way, that's not that old. Uh, still goes on in a lot of different parts of the industry. But you, it's easy to use the word hack when you don't understand that the tools weren't available either, you know, you're just seeing it through the lens that you have right now, which is like, Oh, I didn't use this extractor and these seven chemicals. It's like, dude, they didn't exist. There was one chemical and it would foam up and it would be like a blood, you know, like a bath in there with foam and suds. And you'd be sitting there, your arm would get tired. The extractor wouldn't work. It'd be leaking everywhere. be spraying on you. Like, dude, it's real easy from the ivory tower of 58 chemicals now. That's just not how it was. My final last time to uh, to die was, as you know, that I you've you've asked me, well, is that color such such? I'm like, I don't have a clue, man. Uh, I literally dyed the customer's <laughs> floor mats the wrong shade. I couldn't tell a difference, right? Like I thought <laughs> it was the color, and I went to go put them back in. Unfortunately, my guys found it, right? They caught it beforehand. Uh, <laughs> I, th I think the hack button, if we had one, that would probably rank up there. I mean, we don't use the word, but I got to imagine on an Instagram page, that's getting the button. Yeah. Yeah. I my did, man, I, hack. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, look, I, that's not the worst mistake I've ever heard, but that's, you know, yeah, that's what I would think would probably be what guys say. But the funny thing is there's times that people say the word and they're dead wrong because they just don't actually know that what they're saying is dead wrong. Right. Yeah, maybe, so that's the flip side of it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it literally, we don't want to use this, right? This is, we joked around two old motherfuckers like kids these days, right? Like, yeah. You know, kids these days might not know the real term. <laughs> so, okay. We, we're trying to help people understand what have you seen something that might like clear the air or like, uh, it, oh, yeah. So, 
yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, this is a weird thing that's going on. And, and by the way, we're just having this conversation out of fun. I don't care what anybody says or does, or, you know, if they call me a hack or whatever, that's fine. My business speaks for itself. My career speaks for itself. It doesn't hurt my feelings. It doesn't hurt your feelings. Side note. Yeah, me neither. Because years ago when they called me a hack, now they're over onto the sides of single layer and doing one step corrections. Playing catch up. Yeah. Get the cars out. Yeah. It's great. Glad you guys caught up. Yeah. So, you know, TikTok is becoming this thing and a lot of guys are still focused on what, what we call a YouTube detailer. Well, the funny thing is YouTube detailers aren't putting up the biggest numbers. It's TikTok. I mean, you got detailers with a million, million and a half followers. I mean, name where you can get that on YouTube. And then those million and a half followers aren't just the views you're getting. You're getting into millions upon millions of views on a video. And so there's a culture now of that happening, right? This person gets a lot of fame through detailing. And now they have all these people commenting on their videos. What if that detailer's take? Side note, Nick, who was the first podcast to tell people to go get on TikTok as being for detailers? It's an incredible platform for detailers. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure everybody now takes credit for that. So that's just the move. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, you know, letting everybody know the move, what the move is. Mm -hmm. Act as if you're the first, not actually being the first. But we're just doing this out of the goodness of our heart, Marty. So anyway. On the government, we're here to help. (laughs) So, I mean, we're just here to help. I mean, everybody knows that that's the big thing in our industry now. We're just here to help. We don't want anything out of it. So anyway, let's not get off on that. Anyway, so they got a lot of influence now. And I know that a lot of people are still looking at Instagram, still looking at Facebook, still looking at YouTube. They pale in comparison to what's taking place on TikTok from a numbers point of view. So the influence has changed. It's not, it, it really isn't YouTube anymore. It just isn't. Not for our industry. It's TikTok. And you're now seeing people that have huge YouTube followings bringing on the TikTok stars to interview them and have them on their page. The pop isn't there, right? So a TikTok person is detailing an interior and is removing seats, removing car seats to clean the carpet and show you how thoroughly to clean a car. And look at how detailed I am. Are you a are you a car seat remover or are you a uh, full seat remover? I listen my story okay. with car seats and I've I think I've shared this but it's funny. I mean, well, I used to move them around, clean underneath and stuff like that until I got a phone call from a lady that goes, "Hey, uh, my kid just went all the way to the other side of the vehicle." You're talking and about was, baby seats, yeah? Baby yeah, seats yeah. are yeah, baby no car seats. We're talking about actually move removing the actual seats of the car. Oh. Yeah, yeah, not baby seats, but that is in line with this. We're talking about, so when I first started, I worked for a wholesaler and we did remove seats back then. But remember, nothing's attached to the seats. You don't have heated and cooled seats. You don't have all the, the systems now that run through the seats. You didn't. You don't have all the movement. A lot of it was just bar move. Yeah, yeah, that's I what mean, I'm saying. Like yeah. you know I mean, it was like two screws. You didn't have the electrics. Yeah, it was like two screws. Stuck your hand underneath and you give it the old. <laughs> the jump forward. <laughs> so the actual car seats are being removed in, in a lot of people's videos because they're showing how detailed of a detailer I am. So they're playing a game on TikTok, right? They're showing this elite level that may not be what everyone is doing. They're just doing it for the video, but they are doing. It. And so they've started this culture that when another detailer shows an interior detail, if the seat is still in the car, the driver's seat, the passenger seat are still in the car, 
there's all these commenters like, oh, you're a hack. You didn't even remove the seats. You're a hack. Because remember, they're learning about detailing from these TikTok people that are removing the seats. So there's the word hack showing up. Well, the funny part of it is we know now if you run a legitimate detailing business and you're removing seats, you are uninsurable. There's not a single insurance company that'll, that'll ever let your business be covered because God forbid you don't tighten the screw down to spec or you have something happen to that seat or somebody gets in a car accident, and the seat comes loose. They're going to track back. Insurance companies have done this. I've been involved in these types of situations where they just ask me, hey, you detailed the car three weeks ago. This person was in an accident. We saw this. Did you notice anything? You know, did you see anything? It's just an investigation. They're not coming after me. They're not coming after you. They're just investigating everything going on with the car. They, if the car visited a body shop, they'd go to that body shop, so to speak. Okay, say that again because I think that rolled over pretty quick. During when somebody gets in a wreck or something happens to the car, there's an insurance auditor in a sense that is going to yeah. figure out why it happened and to figure out who's liable. Right, because they don't want to be liable. Remember, no insurance company, this is the insurance model. Let me explain it in a very quick They want to take all of your money and pay out none of it. That's the insurance model. That's why we tell guys about warranty companies, right? It's the same model. I want to take all your money and never pay a warranty claim. So it's the same exact thing. So when somebody gets in a car accident, let's say the seat ends up wobbly and a person got hurt. Well, guess what the insurance companies, both of them that are involved, are going to do? They're going to investigate, did Mercedes-Benz have a faulty seat? We can blame it on them. Then they talk to the person that was in that seat and they go, hey, it's your car. You know, Do you know any reason why the seat might have come loose or this might have happened? Well, you know, I did have it detailed or I went to the mechanic or it visited a body shop recently or whatever. And so what they'll do is they'll interview all those people. Does this happen all the time? No. Some insurance adjusters just go, that's ah, totaled. But not every insurance company and insurance adjuster acts that way. So all these people on Insta or on TikTok are thinking that you're a hack if you're not removing car seats, driver seats, and passenger seats. The truth is, if you're removing seats and you're listening to this, you're uninsurable. There's not a single business insurance company that will insure you removing those seats and cleaning underneath them. And if they find out you did and something negligent happens, guess what they're going to do? They're going to drop you and not pay the claim. Because they're going to say, hey, in line 8 billion on your insurance, this is what it says. So again, who, who's, who they don't insure the claim then because it wasn't the insurer's fault. It was negligent on the detailer. Somebody was in a wreck and the car and the seat moved. Maybe they got bodily injured because of that. Maybe not. Who then, Nick? Who then gets to pay for that insurance? Because oh, yeah. the insurance isn't so, going to pay. So, so who's going to fix the car? Who's paying? So, so now it's not just about fixing the car. You're getting what's called a civil lawsuit. What will happen is that insurance company that was at fault is now going to turn around and sue you. So you have State Farm Insurance and their $8 billion attorneys who work for them knocking on your door saying, hey, we're here to serve you a lawsuit. They're going to serve you a lawsuit for negligence, insurance fraud, this fraud, that fraud, 
I mean, the list will go on. It, this has happened. Now, here's the, here's the other thing. If your business paperwork isn't in line, guess who's really getting sued? You personally. There you go. They can take, they can take your house. They can take your cars. They can do everything they want. Think it's a joke? You've never been in a business lawsuit before. Right. Because and, it is no joke. And you would be surprised, Nick. There's detailers that don't have insurance. I We found this out the hard way. We feel very reached out, emotional. We're sympathetic to the guy. He's been on some episodes before. Great kid. He got hurt. Uh, he now has a massive bill to pay because he hurt his hand and he can't work. Guess what he did not have? He didn't have insurance. Yeah, insurance. So, gosh, imagine if he had that problem, plus he had been taking out seats and something happened. Like, this is why there's always great to talk about these things. There's no one way to run your business, but there's definitely wrong ways. To, well, there's definitely and, wrong and so, ways. And so, yeah, back, back, back to our point, everybody calling this person who's not removing the seats a hack doesn't actually know what they're talking about. And so something gets, that's why we think it's a funny word, right? It's in the eye of the beholder what a hack is. If somebody cleans an interior but doesn't remove the driver and the passenger seat, you're calling them a hack. What you don't realize is, by my definition, you're the hack. You don't know the rules to the game. That's a hacky move. You remove a seat and somebody gets hurt, and all of a sudden you're in the middle of a lawsuit. You And I, love, I know there's detailers listening to this go, why? Well, I just wouldn't tell him I removed the seat. Yeah, that's jail time, dude. That's jail time. That's called fraud. And then you relied under oath because you'll be under oath. Buddy, this, this doesn't go down the way you think. I know what everybody's thinking, especially guys that have a certain personality. You're like, well, I just wouldn't tell him I removed the seat. Yeah, it's jail, dude. You're going to go to jail over a seat? Seems odd. But this is funny why somebody, I watched a professional detailer's video on TikTok. He's getting just railroaded about being a hack because he didn't remove the seats. He has to make a comeback video to say, dude, I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to move the seats. I'm not allowed to remove them. And I'll tell you where we actually do it in, with our clients. We don't, even remove, we don't even move the settings on the seat. You want to piss a client off, have them get in the car where their seat isn't actually where it used to be. That's how I know if you've detailed a lot of cars or not. You're moving seats around and you haven't programmed at least into the memory where the seat's supposed to go. And, oh, I just moved seats all over the place. Great. You're losing tons of clients because the one of the worst experiences for a client is getting back in their car and having to adjust mirrors, adjust seats, whatever. That, to me, is a hack move. Uh, because if you've had enough customers moving seats, man, they get pissed when they have to recalibrate how they sit in their car. All right, so let's move from the inside to the outside because as you start talking about hacks, listen, man, I, I can't think about the amount of people that consider hacking if you don't do certain things on the outside of a vehicle, right? And we've even heard that some detailers say if you don't use a certain tool, you're a hack, right? Like they've even explained it on the outside that if you don't follow this exact same system with the tool and you don't, listen, Mar saying that they're saying that you got to sand but maybe it's full corrections. And there's, I mean, there's this word gets thrown around in a lot of sprinkled in a bunch of different sort of like what we joke around with the graphene companies that they're going to be sprinkling just a, a sh 
pencil shaving a graphene into a big tub and right. rolling it right. It just gets it just gets said. And I mean it in a variety of ways it's just sprinkled all over. Sprinkled all over. Outside of a vehicle, what can be considered a hack? Yeah, I mean, look, this is probably the where the word gets used the most, right? You see a guy use a rotary, leaves a bunch of trails all over the car, a bunch of holograms, a bunch of buffer trails. That's the number one indicator that you're going to see the word hack, right? This was a hack job. Somebody videos it. Again, we're only using the word hack because that's what's thrown around on the internet. We, we don't really, if you go back and listen to our episodes, we don't really use the word. So I want to make that very clear. Probably it's just, the first, first episode we've actually never even said it. So. <laughs> yeah. So that's where the judgment would be, right? And, and I think that's probably the most clear cut uh, place where we see the word used on the exterior. Oh, somebody just, you know, left their whole signature all over this car with a buffer. And, you know, that that's probably where I would say we see it the most, right? Yeah. I just only, listen, mine's just a personal vendetta. That's why. I mean, it is what it is. I, if you stick yourself out there, right, you go into the groups, you constantly tell people where you view the industry, the way things should go. And you're a company that is trying to, hey, listen, for everybody that loves supporting the industry, hey, there's no doubt that as a as a brand and as myself and as a podcast, we supported the industry by constantly going into groups and, and talking through and encouraging detailers on appropriate processes. But inside of those groups and inside of that, there is a mentality sometimes that if you're not doing a full correction on a vehicle, then you just hack the car, right? Like you, you hacked the customer. If you yep. didn't put four layers of a coating on, you hacked the car. You hacked the customer. You're a hack. I, I mean, it, it, it is yeah. strange. Like we said, it just, it gets sprinkled around. It's like, that makes no sense at all. Actually, it's what? probably better uh, think, yep. since, since you found out, especially the way uh, new cars are, you, you talked about Kias, right? Like Kias are extremely short on their clear coat. Yeah. If I go start doing all that on a car now, am I the hack or was it the well, yeah. hack that, that did it? I don't know. Yeah. So th this is an interesting point. So what we're seeing now, you know, I, I left a manufacturer out, Mazda. You know, I'm seeing paint readings from Mazdas that are completely out of whack. We now have, magically after our episode, all of our great listeners and people involved, they're forwarding this class action lawsuit that GM is in for peeling paint and problems they're having with GM, certain GM cars. The irony of it is the C8 Corvette is probably one of the best new cars being delivered from a paint perspective, uh, but they're having problems with their system. Corners are getting cut. Right. And then the car comes to us and those corners have been cut and we just don't want to evolve. Marty, I do this. This is what I do. I don't care what the car looks like. I mean, they don't care if it just showed up bare metal. I think there's guys that would two step a car. Like, I just think they have it in their head. I'm here to two step a car. I got a compound and I got to polish it. There's some guys they got to stay in every car they see. Right. It doesn't matter if it just showed up all metal. They'd be like, hey, what do I sand? You know, point me in the direction. But those are the same guys using the word hack about the exterior of the vehicle. And I think this is a fun conversation because here's the deal. If you're walking up on a car, especially something made between 2019 and 2022, the 2023 models are coming out. And you're walking up to a car and you don't really think two-step is being taken out as an option. You're, you're not paying attention. Because I'm here to tell you, Marty, when have they ever added more paint in our career? It's never happened. 
They just kept taking and taking and taking. It's a cost-cutting measure. Let's be very clear about that. Once they learn to cut that cost, it doesn't come back. Who's they? Manufacturers. Okay? They're not going to magically turn a corner. Now, you may see GM, after the class action lawsuit, bump up their mills on the car while the government's watching them. But I bet you, very quickly after that year of the watchdog, they're going to be back down into the 2.5 to 3.25 mils, which is a dangerous range. And I went over all the mathematics of it on Saturday's episode that dropped. The mathematics of how easy it is to remove clear coat. It's not as hard to remove clear coat as people think. It's very easy. And you remove a lot more than you think. You even remove clear coat in a complete one step. We're not sitting here telling you that you don't remove clear coat and a one step is the magical cure. What we're saying is you may only have one option. And some of you think you have 10 options of cutting a car. I think those days are over. Maybe they come back. It never has gone backwards. But as of today, most new cars that I would say are $150,000 and less because now 100,000 really doesn't mean a lot in car culture. 150,000 and less, you're probably looking at those systems, those paint systems are pretty damn thin. So who is the hat? Buffer trails, let's all agree. Hey, we you shouldn't leave buffer trails. I'm in. That's a hacky behavior if that's the way you want to call it. But what about the really skilled guy that's cutting a 2020 Tundra to within an inch of his life which we witnessed? That's not hack behavior. It's interesting. Because now there's a lot of young guys that lived on two steps and that's how they learned with the DA and that's how they learned to get their finish. I just don't see those days really being much longer on some of these certain manufacturers. Yeah, it's super interesting the way you brought that out to light. And that's what's cool about this basically is the yin and yang that we always say. I I brought it to light from a different aspect is why would you want to keep the car that long? The customer's not going to see it. You should really be doing one steps. Uh, we've said it before. Jason Rose was on our episode of MTE acknowledging the way we did trainings in 2019. It was all one steps, right? At the training, was we said, this is what you should do, a one step. You'll get 70 to 75%. The average person is never, ever going to see beyond that, ever. So for me, it was always a business application of why detailers should be doing this for their own profit, for their own customers, getting cars in and out. It's running a good business. It's just good business. Once again, it's good business. Not, yep. not it's good business as in, hey, you're going to make all this fucking money hacking away at people. No, it's good business. Give the customer what they see, what they want. Move on to the next car. Put a Uno dose tray on and get rolling, right? Like that was the point of it. And so it's interesting now as the, it comes to light and the opposite side of the yin and yang, not only has it been good business, but geez, you, you're going to run into some serious issues if you continue down your multi-stage corrections and not go with the one step. Well, let's, let's kind of reference this. We've had some young guys reach out that have burnt paint for the first time. Mm. You know, we're hearing about Subarus. We're hearing about Toyotas. We're hearing about Kias. We're hearing about Mazda. We're hearing about all these manufacturers. And I've had several young guys reach out, take a picture. You see that gray area as a guy that started on rotary and you know what you're looking at. Oh, the coating did this. No, it did not. You burnt that edge of that panel. 
oh, that's crazy. I'm using a DA, buddy. DAs burn paint. If the paint's not there and you keep cutting it, you're going to burn it. That's that's the rule. It has nothing to do with rotary. Has nothing to do. It doesn't have anything to do with that. You've been told a lie about the DA world. Now, guess what you're going to find out? What that body shop bill is. Because guess what? Some old dudes have paid that body shop bill a time or two. And we still know guys happy that they're paying them. I mean, we've had that on an episode, oh, which was a little, right? yeah, yeah, which was, which was enlightening. Look, man, you're, people have to understand the world's changing. You throw the word hack around. We're having a funny conversation about the word hack, but I look at it and I go, when I see guys cutting apart a 2022 Mazda, they're the same guys saying, hey, it's hacky behavior. Or this is hacky. But it's like, man, but you're not keeping up on what's going on in the paint systems of the world. And that's what you're supposed to do as a professional. Professionals want to always be separated from the enthusiasts in our industry. But you know what? Very few people understand cars. Very few people want to do their homework on what the manufacturers are doing. But you want to be a professional. And I've always said this as a funny thing. If you're a detailer and you're like, I'm a Ford guy, I'm a Chevy guy, I always go, man, I'm going to kill you in the market every time because you're going to sit there and you're going to look at every Ford truck that ever comes out and I'm going to know everything about every truck, which I don't even care about, and you're going to lose. That's the way I've always looked at it because as a professional, we're supposed to know this stuff. And it is nerdy. And I do tell people this, you know, in the episodes we're, we're having on Saturday mornings, guys, some of this stuff is nerdy that's not being talked about. How much clearer? Point four to this, point eight that. But that could be the difference between you doing the right thing for the car and the customer or you being at the body shop with a repaint. And if you think you're going to repaint cars for a retail client and everybody's going to be just happy-go-lucky and go, oh, shucks, I understand. That isn't how those burnt paint panels go in the retail space. You and I know that, Marty. You're probably losing that customer for a lot of years, if not forever. Uh, so. Let's close on this. Thoughts on how that they can not be a hack. And I'm going to I'm gonna throw out how you can not be a hack and be good business, right? And I'm going to use a guy named Dustin Stanley, who's a regular on the pub, who once before used to do a lot of more corrections and is now followed into what he calls, uh, listen, this past weekend, he had so many cars getting coatings, he couldn't keep up. How does somebody go that was following a model before of a bunch of full corrections and all these multi-stages to I'm getting cars in and out and I've got so many cars I can't keep up and I'm getting them in and out as quickly as possible. The, uh, the theory of could somebody even take their business further away from this full correction phase and go to something that we've talked about here on the podcast is could you Listen, not even on the podcast. I've put it out on HyperClean Stories, put it out on HyperClean Post. I've put my name behind it. You can actually coat a car without even touching it with the polish. Do we say that that, if somebody does that, are they a hack? Did Dustin just hack all these cars? Listen, I don't know what Dustin did. I think he polished. He still polishes, but he doesn't do all the multi-stages stuff that he used to, keeping cars for days, and he couldn't get them out. Now he's got a much better, nicer shop. He's turning burning cars so much faster. He's producing so much more income. It's better for his business. And I, I asked this question not on a right or wrong process, Nick. I asked this for the people that are listening. Because there is no doubt 
it has been said here. It's been said in the podcast. If I don't do all this work to do it, and then somebody else looks at a car when my customer is showing it off to them and they see stuff, then they're going to come back and say it to me that I hacked their car. That was actually, I think, even one of Dustin's statements on the community pub. So closing thoughts real quick. We don't have much time. But moving forward, can somebody take a car and look at it, put Uno Dostre on without polishing, without putting on a buffer? Is that something that is okay or is that a hack? Well, it's, it's all about your customer. You know, again, we get so far away from the customer. And I think this has been the bad thing in the chemical world, okay, is that most of these people have never talked to an actual detailing customer, which we have. We have them currently. I just laid on about a billion layers of Uno on a billion cars last week, okay? Here's where I think Uno is underutilized. If you're going to do a wash clay and seal, why wouldn't I just do a wash clay and Uno? To me, it's a I look ceram- at spray- Hold on, Nick. It's a ceramic coating. And you just said you could do a wash clay and seal with another form of protection. Yeah, but, but-, but here's what, but, but hold on. Here's where every, you're right. You're talking about ceramic coating the way everybody viewed it 10 years ago or five years ago or whatever, when you had these five to seven year needed a chisel to get them off, right? We just need to start acknowledging that 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 chemistry has changed. And now we're able to mess with the active ingredient and say, okay, we can deliver this ceramic in a little lighter form. You can still get all the benefits of ceramic, but it's not going to be as tough to get off if something happens. It's not going to last as long because it's not designed to. This is why I keep telling guys they underutilize Uno. What if somebody, I've had people say to me, they don't know if they trust ceramic. What a perfect fit for Uno. Now, in my business, we don't put tray on a car without at least a one step. We don't put dose on a car without at least a one step. Okay. We don't do that in my business, but I can tell you what I would do on every day. And we just did it on a collection of Ferraris and a BMW M7 and, and the list goes on. Raptors recently, all this. If somebody just is that wash and wax guy in your life, what better thing to give them than the ultimate new age wash and wax? Where I wash, I do a thorough decontamination, and and in the cases of these Ferraris, we didn't have to clay them; they're not de- they're not contaminated. We shot a little fuego on there, made sure no iron was in there. We know the cars are in great shape. We used our unreleased prep. Uh, let's just say comes out of a foam cannon. Okay, that's unbelievable. The the surface was clean. The surface was ready to take on Uno. We put Uno on, and it fits that client. He's never going to pay for polishing. He, he doesn't believe in it. I've sat and looked in his eyes and done every sales trick to get this guy to believe what we believe. But are you telling me if a guy with 50 Ferraris walked up and said, hey, you can't polish this, you need these cars, but I'll let you put Uno all over them. You guys are turning the work down. Come on, dude. Be honest with yourself. And that's what I, I, I always ask detailers. It's really great when you have a few clients to make all these lines in the sand. But if you want a hundred clients and you want to do 2000 cars a month and you want to do 3000 cars a month, you know, what goes out the window, all these hard edges, I'm not going to do this. Well, what if that guy calls you and he's got 30 cars for you to do? You're not going to do it. You're, you're that rich. Cause I know most detailers, they aren't that rich. So 
this is where I think this, this conversation never goes, which is somebody calls you, they have a collection of cars. You do your best to sell them, but they say, hey, this is what I'll agree to. You're walking away from a famous collection of cars because they don't do it just like you want them to? Or have you never gotten that phone call? Because guess what? Guys like that don't call people that have these hard and fast rules and don't want to do business. Said this on the podcast that I, that I have last week. It's always easy to spot the guys that have never been in the op- never been put in the position to make a lot of money in detailing because they have these hard rules. Well, I'm not going to do that. No, you'll do it. If the right customer calls you and said, here's $15,000 this month to do these cars, you can turn it down because they don't do exactly what you want them to do? Okay. I'd rather feed my family, grow my business, get some cash in my business so that I can maybe do some good things for my team members. I don't know. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. Their ceramic world has changed and so many people haven't with their thought process. That's what I love about Dustin, man. I mean, he's now absolutely slaying it. Can't keep up. He's got too many. Actually, now he's talking about hiring his second person. And kudos to you, Dustin, brother. I mean, we absolutely love how you have moved forward and, man, progressing as much as he possibly can. It's it's wonderful to see him doing that. So, listen, what a great fun discussion, right? Like, I don't know if people, when they see that title, like, are you a hack? Like, are they going to really think that this was a fun discussion? This is a fun discussion. By the way, we don't use the word. So yeah. this is just us responding to the way people talk on the internet. No doubt. All right, Nick, have a great week, great week, brother. I'll talk to you soon, man. All right. See ya. Hey, this is Marshall. Thanks so much for listening to that episode. Hey, please go comment. Cause we're going to go put it out. Uh, please go to the hyper clean page. We're going to ask that question. Are, are you a hack? Go into the specialist group. Interact with us there. Hey, are you? Are you a hack? What does a hack mean to you? Well, you might need to start switching away from, right? Maybe you should hack away at the theory in your own mind. And thinking about how do I progress as a business? You might have heard the story of Dustin. And you might have gone, wait, he's did how many this weekend? How many coatings? What does that mean? Did he just add another $3,000 to his business in a weekend by adding Uno, Dose, and Trey? Maybe you need to start thinking about that. Maybe you've been listening and using the wrong products. And, huh, if these guys that are telling you where the industry is and how you should best utilize it for your business, and they've got a product that you can put on to make your customer extremely happy. You can be in and out. That customer's in and out. It's gone, right? Like you want that customer then returning. So that's why we talk about maintenance. <laughs> Maybe there's something to it. A one-year, a two-year, and a three-year product to grow your business. Hey, this is Marshall. I hope you make it a great day. <laughs>